Welcome to GenCast, a sponsored podcast series brought to you by Genetic Engineering and Biotechnology News. I'm your host, Jeff Bukaliskis. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this new GenCast, where we're going to be discussing digitizing the laboratory environment. We have a really interesting discussion today and some nice panelists. Guys, if you could introduce yourselves to the Gen audience. My name is Selena Chang. I'm the Vice President of Business Operations and Technology at Lab Central. We're located in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And I'm Ian Slaymaker. I'm a scientist at Beam Therapeutics in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Thanks. Welcome, guys. So obviously, we're all in this global pandemic, and it's affected everybody's life. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about how the COVID-19 situations affected your work life. I think actually my life is more busy and hectic than ever. <laughs> this pandemic has really made huge shifts in what we're doing at Lab Central, as well as just trying to manage family and school and all the things that everyone is dealing with. Yeah, so I've had a different personal experience because I got stuck on an island for almost three months and was trying to run all my projects remotely. It was odd. I didn't have any of the challenges of managing a family or a dog or even plants, thankfully, but figuring out how to have that same community in the workplace and keep projects rolling was a real challenge. Not a terrible place to be stuck, but I can understand your situation from a work environment trying to run work from an area that may not be familiar with all the time. Maybe you guys could tell us a little bit about how easily you could switch from being in the lab to working from home, what that situation was like. I think for me, I run operations for a large facility that actually houses multiple little companies. And so for me, running operations was not so hard transitioning to home for a little while because most of what I was doing was taking meetings and answering emails and writing documents and things like that. But I think the hardest thing for us was that our team is very vibrant. And so we were used to just the quick, you know, 30 second, stick your head in somebody's office or walk up to them and just ask a question. We couldn't do that anymore because we weren't physically together. And so I think that was the hardest thing was just trying to adjust with the communication styles. Yeah, I had a similar experience. And so in terms of managing the lab life, what you used to do in the lab versus what you're doing now, is there anything else that maybe you found to be extremely different besides maybe not being able to do experiments per se at home, but is there any other aspects that you found to be quite dramatically changing? I'm still hoping that we can come up with ways to start doing experiments at home. I mean, we played around with using sous vide to do PCR or, or things like that. It's just not practical, but I hope that at some point we can start doing really simple experiments. What would you say your sort of hurdles that you guys have experienced? The general audience is probably in a very similar situation, or many of them, they're all working scientists. So maybe you could share some of you know, the hurdles that you experienced and how you guys got around them. From what I understand from talking to you know CEOs for the companies that were servicing at Lab Central, in the beginning it was actually okay. You know they were contracting a lot of work out to CROs. They were doing paperwork and planning and writing and catching up on all the things that they just couldn't do before because they were so busy in the labs. But at some point, you know, all of that caught up and they have to get back into the lab. So I think for them, it's really being able to do work in the labs efficiently. So using the right equipment, being able to monitor that equipment either through the cloud or being able to access that data so they can do their data analysis at home or, you know, just somewhere distanced from other people. We can't have people crowded in the labs anymore. And so that's been the main challenge is just trying to figure out how to do things a little bit more tech savvy and to run smarter. 
Selena, you just mentioned a bunch of digital tools that actually, you know, have kind of helped a lot of people in different ways and coping and compensating with, you know, working from home and the new environment that we're in. Do you think some of these will be instituted or adopted in daily life, even as we transition back to, quote unquote, a more new normal scenario? I think so. Honestly, I think this pandemic has made us smarter, more tech savvy. There's no reason for us to have to be chained to a lab bench. We've actually seen this transition over the last 10 years where you used to have techs that were in the labs eight hours a day, every day, work writing assays. Things are now automated. You can use robots. You can, you know, just put a plate in and then go walk away and then actually, you know, look at your data in the cloud. Some of that can be real time too. And so it's It's pretty amazing. We see people are in the labs less, definitely less in the general labs. There are obviously things like tissue culture that you just can't digitize unless you have big robots doing things. But for the most part, I think that we're getting smarter and this pandemic has helped us to try to be more creative in working. Yeah, we see the same thing at Beam where people are spending less time at the bench, but there doesn't seem to be any drop in productivity. A lot of the experiments are getting done ahead of time. We sort of go in with careful shifts, get the work done and leave. So things are kind of working more efficiently. And so how about now? Do you guys personally or do you have colleagues that are starting to transition their way back into the lab more frequently? So for Lab Central, we actually never shut down. We saw what was coming <laughs> with what was happening at Biogen, and we actually sent people home a couple days into March, early in March. And so this was before the government started shutting things down, and we were able to essentially send anyone who was not a scientist home, work from home. We cut our capacity down to about 30% of our occupancy and started putting in all of our mask wearing and hand washing and sanitation and all of those things in place. Early on. So, we've actually had operations running full time. We've asked our companies to work in shifts so that the density in their own private spaces are reduced down to at least 50%. And so, this has actually enabled our companies to continue on and to do the experiments that they actually had to do and to hit their milestones. Yeah, things were similar at Beam. We never really shut things down. Everybody was obviously very cautious. We limited the number of people that were in lab at one time, but we sort of kept working through at least the people that were not work from home. So the the whole computational department moved offsite and is still offsite at the moment. I think that this is definitely different from what other people experience throughout the country. I know that colleagues in California were surprised to hear that we actually never shut down our labs. But because of our governor and knowing how hot biotech is and how important it is, we were designated as essential, which is fantastic. Really great for our economy and for our companies. Working from home obviously does present some particular interesting challenges. One of the ones that I wanted to touch on was, you know, how about accessing your research data while you're working from home? You know, what has your experience been? Whether it's past experiments or current experiments, how has that been? Lab Central actually doesn't have any data servers. And so our companies were already forced to figure out solutions to get all of their data up into the cloud anyway. So I think for them, it wasn't so hard. It wasn't a big adjustment for them. Yeah, so I think that for people at Beam, generally, things were pretty much business as usual. There was no problem with data. For me personally, I had very spotty internet. So even to download a PDF at times, I would have to start downloading when I went to bed at night, wake up in the morning to start working on it. So that was a very real challenge. And to sort of, you know, bring this full circle in the post-COVID world, you know, how do you think the lab of the future is going to look? And, you know, what things that we had in the pandemic do you think that we'll embrace more as we move forward? 
That's a good question. I think people really want things to go back to normal, meaning that they want to be interacting with one another. We've actually set up COVID testing on site at Lab Central, and we're hoping that with rapid, frequent testing, that people in the community will be more comfortable being on site together. I think at the same time, because we know that there are so many viruses out there that are new and emerging and so many things that could happen again, I think that adopting a lot of these meeting platforms and data in the cloud and automations and things that can help us to essentially be more efficient, I think those are going to stick around. I think those are the things that we just need to have. Being able to monitor equipment remotely, being able to just see where things are on a run, a PCR run, those are definitely going to stay around. Yeah. I think that the general consensus for myself and coworkers is that we just want to have the option to wander into somebody's office and, you know, have a chat. But it's really nice to be able to have very quick, efficient Zoom meetings or video meetings without needing to travel across the country or to another country. So I think really just being able to get comfortable with regular video chats, you know, is a nice option to have. But I really want to be able to wander into somebody's office and just have a quick one-off chat. Last question I have, guys. Has there been any digital solutions out there that maybe you've played around with, something new or exciting, or something that you wish you did have that you didn't have during the pandemic that you know you would hope that sort of comes up to speed in the future? <laughs> Good options for uh, online happy hours would be really nice. <laughs> Fair enough. Selena, anything? You know, we've been playing around with different platforms for team chatting and project management. There are some pretty good solutions out there. I think that we're always looking for things that can be a little bit more user-friendly for us. I think because we can't have those one-off 30-second conversations face-to-face, you know, just being able to chat with one another really quickly is helpful. But I think more and more automations and being able to actually monitor equipment virtually is going to be helpful. So, you know, we can do that with PCRs right now. I'd love to be able to see people do that with anything, whether it be a long plate reader run or things like that. I think that would be very helpful just so that people can, if they needed to, come in to the lab, do something, set it up, run it overnight, and then just be able to monitor things at home would be great. So Selena, how did you end up scheduling the shifts for people or allowing people to pick up and drop shifts? We have 60 companies on site. So it was obviously not something that we as Lab Central could do ourselves because we don't know what everybody's experimental schedules are and what they're working on at the time. So we really, you know, had to partner with each of the leadership of the companies and ask them to do their own scheduling. But also we had to put in place limitations on how many people can be in a certain room and at a certain time and watch, you know, who's badging in and try to get people to not everyone badge in at nine o'clock in the morning, but to space it out through the day. So it took a little bit of time to get everybody mobilized to do that, but it actually worked really well. Everybody is really aware and serious, you know, when it comes to prevention of COVID spread. So it's great. And because we've had a lot of our companies actually shift to working on COVID solutions, whether it be diagnostics or vaccines or therapeutics, it was really important to be able to keep these companies up and running. But they were fantastic in really coming up with their own shift work and being able to discuss with them openly and freely to see if anything needed to change or if we needed to make some exceptions or do whatever it is because they kept hiring and needing to bring in more people. So yeah, it was a challenge, but it was good. It was good discussions and openness. 
Great. Well, thanks very much, guys, for your input and your candor. We really appreciate it. It's a whole new world out there for lab work, and hopefully these digital solutions are going to help everyone. So thank you again for joining this GenCast. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Thanks for listening to GenCast. For genetic engineering and biotechnology news, I'm Jeff Pugaliskas.